Well, hi there, boys and girls. Welcome back to your favorite show, the FN Podcast. We recorded this, I believe, Monday or Tuesday of this week. So I'm editing here now on a crisp Saturday morning, watching game day and about to watch Michigan beat the piss out of Penn State. Um, But we did record this prior to the Bears' embarrassment on Thursday night against Washington. Furious George ran a marathon, so we discussed that. We also tackle the age-old question, can my testicles taste stuff? You won't want to miss our answer up next. Welcome to Frustration Nation, presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports. We are the Evan Podcast for Evan fans of Evan sports teams. Every episode, we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I'm your pessimistic host and Chicago fan and professional racer, Ooh. Furious George. And with me, as always, is my uh, miserable co-host and Detroit fan and professional good guy. Thanks, man. <laughs> Michigan, Michigan. <laughs> How are we doing? If it's a, if a somebody who plays bass is a bassist, then why is a ra- why is that a racer? Wouldn't it be a a racist? Are you a professional racist? <laughs> oh man. Well, we'll talk. What, I, I guess it depends what region of the country I live in. I think it depends where you run the marathon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I do want to ask you more about that, but we're starting with our vent sesh, right? Um, yes. Oh, my real vent sesh is going to be football related. Um, yeah, let me just save mine. I mean, I don't have anything outside of football. I don't think so. Do you have a non-football? Oh, you're one? just going to, okay. Yeah. I I'm just you, tabling I mine. <laughs> I was waiting for you to start. <laughs> you're Okay. No, I um, did think for a second if there is something minor, but honestly, my rage towards the Detroit Lions is just all-consuming, and so there's nothing in my life right now worse than the Lions. I see. I see. Um. Okay. Yeah. So I can start. Okay. You already know a little bit about this, but I. So. Okay. So, listeners, I have I've a lot of this episode, like, so I'm going to talk about the Bears and Notre Dame, but a lot of this episode is going to be me just talking about, like, three main stories in my life that have occurred, maybe even a fourth one I just thought of, that, like, Ooh. from the past two weeks, basically, and mostly from this past weekend. So, number one, and this is my vent sesh, is... I was at home on Monday from work because I was recovering from running the marathon, which you'll hear more about later. And I was trying to be a good dad. It was really nice out. and My kids wanted to play outside, so I let them. I had to do a little bit of work from home, and so I brought my laptop with me outside. And I was sitting outside on our porch 
doing a little bit of work, drinking a beer as you do, and watching my kids play. And then it was time to go in, and you're fighting the whining, and you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna. Mm -hmm. And yep, and with that, you're just you're just preoccupied, right? Because you're like, okay, well, I need to focus on getting them to listen to me. I need to focus on getting everything cleaned up from the outside and I need to get them inside and washed up and whatever. So we can, you know, get ready for the next thing of the day. Right. And it was near dinner time. And so we, you know, I helped them clean up and we went inside and I said, all right, girls, you know, let's go to the store. We got to get a couple things. Um, and listeners, my wife is, very pregnant at the moment so she's not feeling the greatest didn't have interest to go so it was just me and the girls i was like let's go to the store get some things right so we come back home we're eating dinner and i just i don't know it just kind of dawned on me i was like huh what did i do with my laptop i was like i don't remember putting it in my backpack and i haven't seen it on any of the counters in our house and it's not in our bedroom. Where else would it be? Did I leave it out on the porch? No, it's not there. Well, I left my work my work laptop on the roof of my minivan, which was the same vehicle I decided to take my daughters to the store with. So, oh man. I I so we have like a pretty big curb at the edge of our driveway, right? Uh-huh. So I first I'm just like inspecting out the edge of the driveway. I'm like, there's no way that this laptop, if it if it truly fell off the van, it would have fallen when I went down like the curb onto the street. Mm-hmm. But there's like no evidence of anything falling. And like mm-hmm. I asked neighbor neighborhood kids who are around, like, did did you see this? And they were like, no. I was like, hmm. So. At another point, I get in the van and I just like drove it around the neighborhood and I drove it like past spots where it would have made sense for it to fall and I didn't see it. I'm like, I don't get, I don't get where it is. It's got to be in the house somewhere. So eventually I went and this was probably like the fourth or fifth time trying to look through the house, looking in the same spots as I already looked. And mm-hmm. my wife was finally just like, you just need to go, like, completely retrace your steps. And so yeah. I grab my wallet, I grab my keys, and I go for our, you know, head out for the drive to the store that's, like, 10 minutes away. Yeah. And I am turning right onto Highway 30. Yep. I know exactly where you're at. Oh, and no. there it is. On the road. On 30. Yup. Oh, <laughs> so I parked. That made I, it a long way. Jeez. So fortunately, fortunately. You're like almost 10 minutes from 30 from your house. No, it's not that far. It okay. was like, I mean, you're down was, several turns, though. It was like a little over two miles on top of the van. That's crazy. Before it fell off. But yeah, so anyway, I stopped the car. Fortunately, the oncoming traffic was at a red light. So I... I Pulled into the shoulder, turned on the hazards, ran to the middle of the road, picked up the laptop. It was in the middle of the road? 
Oh yeah. Oh no. I thought you meant it was like <laughs> on the shoulder. No. It Had was it been run over? Yes. <sighs> and so <laughs> this is also for everyone listening. The work laptop that I had was like a whatever the newest edition of the MacBook Air is. Oh, twenty twenty probably or twenty twenty two. Jeez, I don't know. You sound like oh, such a no. nerd that you're saying that, but um, oh, yeah. I know it's your job anyway. <laughs> um, oh, of course, Model A. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I come home with it, and basically, I'm just frantic the whole time because I'm like. How much is work going to charge me? Like, is this going to come out yeah. of my next paycheck? Are they going to do like installments or like, yeah. am I just going to be without one? So I've or heard what? this part of the story. I still don't know the resolution. So, yeah. So, well, and with my wife being pregnant and us going on maternity leave, it's like, there's a lot of expenses coming up. It's like, how are we possibly mm-hmm. going to handle, handle all this? It's just very, very stressful. Anyway. Turns out, so I, w- I went in today, and I was just honest. Like, here, here's a lesson to everybody. You know, it, it's important to be mm. honest. You know, a lesson in, in honesty. If you ever, if you watch the latest Pinocchio movie and you think Pinocchio is a hero, he's not. All right, honesty is the key. Okay, Pinocchio is a scumbag. That's a side note. That's right. <laughs> um, and so, anyway, unlike that wooden bastard, I went into the tech <laughs> office. <laughs> And I, I just told them. I said, "Hey, uh, I you won't believe that this happened, but this happened." Yeah. And I gave them the laptop, and our tech guy was like amazed and like he was just like baffled. He wasn't mad. He wasn't like, "Oh man, we're gonna have to charge you so much or whatever." He was just like, "How did this happen?" And <laughs> Is this the and, guy I know that we yes. talked about? Okay, yeah. And <laughs> and so I'll be honest, sometimes he can be sometimes he can be a little moody. And so I was I was oh, yeah. a little concerned. That's why I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. And so he, he was he was just like, Wow. He, and he, another person who works in the tech office was there and he's like, Look at this, look at this. Like, have you ever seen one so damaged before? <laughs> and, oh wow. And, yeah. He broke the record. <laughs> 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 was there just like shards of glass and stuff everywhere no so this it, okay honestly it was in better looking condition than you would expect gee but being run over by multiple vehicles yeah yeah so like the the keyboard and the screen and the mouse and everything were completely intact like none what? of the inside of the laptop was damaged like holy the, the crap top, the top of it <clears throat> so it fell down like top down okay so the top on the bottom of the road was all sorts of scraped up from the pavement yeah um and the bottom side you could see where it had been run over because no (laughs) (laughs) no but like it was you know clearly weight had been put on it kind of thing and you could yeah you could just see you, you could just like the part like the bot some of the components of the computer were kind of like m- protruding from the bottom of the laptop yeah. like not visibly but like bulging if you will oh yeah <laughs> and so <laughs> anyway um no he was like 
so he he had emailed me earlier in the day because I emailed I emailed him last night when this thing first happened because I just felt so bad. Yeah. And I was also like pleading for mercy so I didn't have to pay like a lot of money for mm. <laughs> this. And he yeah. was just like, Oh yeah, we can hook you up with an old MacBook that we have. Um, it won't work as efficiently as the current one. It's not like as up to date and everything, but we'll do everything we can to get it up like as up to date as we can, and you can use that um until we can get yours repaired or replaced. And when I gave it to him, he's like, well, this will definitely be one that's replaced. Like, I don't know yeah. if there's any coming back from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the funny, I guess the funny part of the story that, so one, I, I even said to him, I said, is there anything I'm going to need to owe or anything? He said, no, you're, you're fine. He said, if you break wow, another one, then we'll my. have to talk about it. But <laughs> I, so I was very, he looks he out was the like, window, you set it on the roof of your car and start driving. <laughs> <laughs> he told right he told he told me he was like it, it you clearly did it on accident and it's like yeah right. i would never just take my laptop and like slam it on the ground or drive yeah. like i would never intentionally drive away with it on the roof of my car like i right. put it there for a temporary reason and, and it's not just, like there were parts missing where it could have been theft or things like that you know right. like it's right right so anyway (laughs) and then my favorite thing he said was he said that he's going to keep the laptop because well one they're going to see if they can fix it but two he said he said worst comes to worst i'm going to have the tech club dissect this so they can see what the inside of a macbook looks like oh there you go yeah so So, you're welcome (laughs) yeah right exactly (laughs) and if you want like here's the evidence of being a teacher is like you just working at a school and a teacher like you're always finding a way for education like yeah right every circumstance is a teachable moment one of our teachers just died do we have any biology uh (laughs) students who could use a lesson right now yeah okay not that far no no pigs needed this year yeah wow yeah that's (laughs) That's a good thing. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm all right, happy, kids. Obviously. Today we are going to dissect Mr. Jones's left foot. All right, <laughs> <laughs> and and your final in December is going to be hit the left hemisphere of his brain. There you go. Let's see who can spot the cause of death. <laughs> Mr. Jo- Mr. Jones's head is just floating in a big formaldehyde jar in the science room. <laughs> it's a very fine line between education and psychosis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my word well that's uh, great though i mean i it is i didn't <laughs> very <What>? uplifting <laughs> no the that you don't have to pay anything so. oh yes that part was nice <laughs> yeah. i thought i figured you wouldn't have to cover the whole thing out of pocket again i kind of work in like the education technology field and everything so it's like i figured they had some kind of insurance on it i just didn't know if you would have to pay a deductible or anything so that's great. Well, I was. And that's surprised. one of those things where it's like after the marathon, like you're just exhausted. You've been out of your routine all weekend, so it's yeah. like one of those like mental lapses. It happens, but see, it's crazy you said that because that was like basically what he said. He told me too. He was like, "We'll blame, we'll blame all the extra endorphins rushing to your head and everything <laughs> right. from yeah. your marathon." I mean, there's honestly run. truth to that. I'm sure you know. It's like you're Maybe. tired I think, you're i think it was a lapse in judgment personally but well that, I, it could happen anytime but like I, you never know yeah i think <laughs> i'm just an irresponsible individual and it's just a matter of time before 
I'm put in a straight jacket. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. And if you want evidence for that, I'm a Bears fan. I was going to say, speaking of being put in a straight jacket, our teams will probably do that to us. Um, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, where does your, you have a story I really want to get to. Yeah, it's not no, a let's do fo- no. I want to do football. Let's do football. All right, I don't know if that's going to be a whole segment or what, but like wherever you think it's appropriate, which maybe it's never appropriate, you'll want to stay tuned <laughs> for that story, listeners. Um, yes. So wherever you think that should be discussed, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, right. football. So the story about when I first had sex. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um we'll do it we'll do a whole episode about man the michigan hat was there and no i was i remember (laughs) fondly yeah (laughs) you remember fondling yeah uh (laughs) maybe (laughs) um all right football (sighs) it's been a couple weeks um the bears played several losses yeah, so the Bears played two games, one against the Giants in New York and one against the Vikings in Minnesota. And um, interestingly, both teams that they played played a game in London within a week of playing the Bears. So it's interesting. It's kind of an interesting tie. Um, hmm. I didn't even but think about that. Here's basically, if I can summarize everything, the Giants game had me very upset with the coaching completely yep. like there was if you listen to full press bears there's a whole rant about it the coaching was just completely unacceptable um every decision they made in, specifically or both or um honestly the head coaching like every decision yep. that Eberflus made i just disagreed with and there were multiple actually offensive plays i also disagree i i just disagreed the the coaching as a whole like if you look at the coaches as a team there was that game there was like not a single play call of any sort that i felt like i agreed with everything that happened i was like this is the opposite of what you should be doing um case in point the the bears were at the like at their own like 40 yard line or whatever and they got a fourth down they punt the ball and they pin the giants deep in their own end so the giants are at like their own seven or something yeah and so bears defense comes out forces the three and out and there's like a minute and 50 seconds left and the bears have two timeouts and then the giants punt and they punt to valus jones jr and Velas Jones Jr. is like again back at like the 40 where the Bears previously were. And he muffs the punt and the Giants recover and kneel out to win the game. Yeah. Um that fourth down the Bears punted on was like fourth and two. Yeah. At again, like that midfield area. And Eberflus after the game said that scenario worked out basically exactly as we planned. And because you were going to get the ball back, yeah, and yeah, like everyone understands what he means, yeah, but it's just kind of a bad look to be like, well, no, it worked, no, it, it didn't work, like it's yeah. sort of kind like philosophically, it kind of worked, but it didn't yeah. work, is the point. I get that, 
and yep. like it was it was very frustrating to hear that i can't even remember all i tried to block the giants game out of my memory but that was the game where they had four field goals and that was it and it was just it was just very a, a pathetic performance um and i really blamed a lot of it on the coaching because the the defense was not put in spots to help them and the offense definitely was not put in spots to help them. that was the giants game before this vikings game strangely enough the giants game was like justin field's best game in my opinion based mm-hmm. on like <clears throat> just reading the field reading defenses responding to things anticipating pressure like making decisions it was his best game but it was still really bad up to that point gotcha and a lot of it was just poor support from coaching in my opinion okay fast forward a week to the vikings game now granted i've only seen some highlights i did listen to the whole game while i was running the marathon but i didn't actually watch the entire game Mm -hmm. myself but everything i've gathered is that fields this was field's best game of the year by like a lot and it showed in the stats it showed in the tape like it so it passed the eye test and the stats test like it's it's not like oh wow this is a phenomenal game it's not like oh he threw you know four touchdowns 400 yards and you know right. a 75 percent completion or whatever i think it's fair to say by any metric it was his best game this year like yeah i mean yeah he, he still threw for over 200 yards and he threw for one touchdown and just no picks it was yeah. no interceptions no um it was just that his decision making was confident and he he acted quickly he and he, he wasn't afraid to throw he wasn't afraid to run like it was like yeah. he read the field made a decision and went with it whereas <clears throat> up to this point we've seen a lot of indecisiveness from him and that second guessing has led to missed opportunities and him just running the ball out and this game we saw we did see him tuck and run but they looked more like either designed runs or like he judged very quickly to see if there was a play open and when there wasn't he scrambled as opposed to in the past he'd like dance around there for a little bit waiting to see if anything would happen and then when nothing did he well i guess i'm running now and wouldn't have as much success he had there's a difference between running because you miss a wide open receiver or running because it is actually the best option it seemed like there was more of that this game yeah he had a at one point in this game he had a 52 yard touchdown run that was ended up being called back due due to a holding call but a questionable call that play was was um what's the word um that play was a semblance of just his confidence in this game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's confidence in the system, confidence reading defenses. I don't know where this confidence has sprung from after a couple less, you know, pretty bad performances. But the point is, it's not that Justin Fields played exceptionally. It's not that that Justin Fields is confirmed an elite Hall of Fame quarterback, as a lot of Bears Twitter would have you have you believe. It's yeah. All it confirms is that Fields has learned and has bounced back and is not nearly as bad as people have thought. And what's most important now is to see how he can build on this and string good performances together. That's what you need to see if you really want to buy into him. Um, <clears throat> as for the defense, I'm just... The defense is not good. Um, and it's 
frustrating because you have a defensive coach who had a, supposedly a successful defensive system, and it just doesn't appear to be that. So that's its own issue, and a lot of the rest of it is just a bad, a, a poor personnel team. Like, the Bears just don't have the bodies and the guys, the dudes needed to yeah. truly compete, and it's just always going to be something that's holding them back for this season, which is fine as long as it's better for next season. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a summary on the Bears. Um, I do want to say... Um, you know, we've talked about this so much on this show, but something that Michigan had had t- sent out, had tweeted out on uh, Sunday was just about how. Let's see what you said. You said because I was quote tweeting. If it's the one I'm thinking of, I was quote tweeting somebody. Yeah. So somebody said Justin Fields is the top ten quarterback in the NFL with a true number one receiver. Stop making him throw to Carpenters. And you quote tweeted and said. Fields finally has a game when he looks average and fans lose their mind again. Come on now, let's start with the top 25 first. And I said, I have more thoughts on this. Yeah, You are 100% on my level with this. Like, <clears throat> I don't care if you think he has top 10 talent. I don't care if you think that if you rank quarterbacks in the NFL, Justin Fields like currently is one of... I don't care if Justin Fields is the most talented quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. If the if he's not putting together good games and not winning, I don't really care. Like yeah. you can talk to me about talent all you want, and you can show me all the potential all you want, but if it doesn't produce anything, then what good is it? Right. Um, and Fields, if we're just if we're being real, Fields has been bad this year. He has. And yeah, he's seen little pieces of growth from here to there. And yes, it's mm-hmm. under a new system with new brand new coaches that are first time in their jobs, first time fields in the system. It's his third system in three years. I've heard all the excuses. I've talked about them. I'm exhausted by them. And the, the talent's not there and all this stuff. Fine, whatever. But if you are sitting here and you're seriously going to tell me Justin Fields is currently a top 10 quarterback, you need to reevaluate things because... Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any ground you can stand on to confidently state that at this point. And I love Other than like I'm a fan and I think he is. It's like, all right, but to confident to state it as if it's a fact. Yeah. It's a yeah, little and people some Bears fans are still citing the Ohio State Clemson CFP game as like evidence of yeah. how talented he is. And it's like it has that's to the go problem. Because there's people who will say like <laughs> How can you say Darnell Mooney? How can you only call him, uh, whatever third? What was he a third or fourth round pick? Right? Uh, your mic's muted. Um, but yeah, just be like, oh, we shouldn't call him a third or fourth round pick. I agree. Now that he has an NFL body of work, we judge him by that. But on the same side, those same people will say what Justin Fields did at Ohio State is still relevant. It's like, well, you have to kind of pick one. You know, like. At a certain point, you've been in the league long enough. Everybody in the league had a good college career. That's why they're in the league. Exactly. <laughs> to some extent, they were good in college. So, yeah, I I get what people are saying there, but when I don't like the whole thing either. Of like, now we're seeing the Justin Fields that was at Ohio State. It's like, can we just see a Justin Fields who is who he is in the NFL? Like, and yeah. I've never and I I've never been one that's out on Fields. Like some Bears fans are all the no. way out. Like. Oh man, he just sucks. 
No, yeah. I want him to be good, and I think he can be good, and I think he can be a top 10 quarterback, but I'm yeah. not at all ready to make the jump to say he is. Like, yeah, to me, all the rookie quarterbacks and all the second-year quarterbacks still have potential to end up being really good. I'm not completely sold one way or the other on any of them, but I don't think anybody in their right mind would be saying Zach Wilson is a top 10 quarterback if you put the right weapons around him. I don't think so, anybody's saying about that, about, you know, Davis so I Mills. Be, I just don't. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting for us to list the top 10. Like, so top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL currently. Okay. In order or just like ones just, who are definitely top 10? Just ones that are definitely top 10. So okay. Josh Allen. Yep. I'm putting this in the chat so you can follow along with me. I was going to say, yeah, we need to like write this down. Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. You want to put Justin Herbert? Yep. Joe Burrow. All right, hold on. Joe Burrow. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. All right, sorry, listeners. My cat's being really weird. One second. Oh, you're good. He's like hugging my feet. Which I know to some of you listeners, maybe you, you may think that's cute, but it's actually super annoying. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> of course, yeah. I'd say, um, okay, so like Rogers, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. This is maybe debatable. He has the track record. Let's skip him for now, but you could argue Russell Wilson. Let's say Matt Stafford. I think he's t- Matt Stafford's oh, hold, hold top on. 10. Hold on. Let's talk about this. So, okay. I'm just kind of running through the divisions. So in the East, we have Allen and Mac Jones and Tua and Zach Wilson. In the North, we have top 10 right now. You would? He's been good. I wouldn't. I think it's really good, but it's too soon to do that. In the North, we have Burrow and Jackson and Deshaun Watson. (laughs) I mean, you and, can argue it, but to me, you yeah. haven't played recently enough to justify right. it. And uh, Kenny Pickett. And then <laughs> in the South, you have Matt Ryan and nope. Davis Mills nope. and Trevor Lawrence. Nope. And Tannehill. Ryan nope. Tannehill. And then in the... Because we're talking West, top 10, right? Is what we're... Yeah. And then in the West, you yeah. have Mahomes and Herbert and yep, yep. Carr. And Wilson. Okay, so then in the A in the NFC, <coughs> in the NFC we have in the East there is, uh, so there's Jalen Hurts who we've already listed. There's Danny Dimes. There's Cooper Rush, and there's Carson Wentz. <laughs> Would and you then, put Dak top ten? No. Okay. I don't think so. In the yeah. South, there's. Uh, Winston, Jameis Winston, that's kind of an interesting one. Marcus yeah. Mariota, I wouldn't. Tom Brady, Winston. Brady, yes. Baker Mayfield, no. And then in the North, there's Rogers, Fields, Cousins, and Goff. And then in the West, there's Stafford, Kyler, Garoppolo, and uh, Geno Smith. Who's actually Geno Smith's being really good this year, actually. Okay, so I definitely agree. Stafford deserves a spot. Kyler Murray is like right at 10, I think. How many do we have right now? Stafford was nine. 
I agree with you on that. I'd put that, Kyler that Murray ahead of everyone else we listed for 10. And then you're talking like Cousins probably. Cousins, I, Derek I, I Carr. I hate Cousins, but he deserves, yeah. That that yeah. tier of Cousins, Carr, um, Tannehill. Prescott. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like good, but not like good. Like good, probably like sixty-five to seventy percent of the time, and then the, yeah. the rest of the time is. Really and then bad. you get like yeah. the high teens, which would be like your Jared Goffs and guys like that. To uh, you know, right? And I would put yeah. Geno Smith there too, where it's like because you know, yeah. just because he's been really good this year, and anyway, he's been in the league for long enough. Like he's got a decent yeah. resume. So yeah, the point is, listeners, is that Justin Fields. There's no way you can put Fields ahead of any of the guys on that list right now. So who do we have? And again, not in any particular order, but Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray. Like you're not even close to cracking that. That feels about right, though. I think we did a good job on that. That's yeah, that's the right I, 10. You can maybe argue spots a little but Yeah. Oh, you yeah. could definitely argue spots. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if I put Josh Allen number one. As much as I like Josh Allen, I think I, I, think I think Mahomes, Mahomes is still there. Yeah, I think Mahomes deserves. I think Mahomes deserves one until he 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 doesn't. Like, <laughs> and to me, Jalen Hurts, I would put like Lamar Jackson. I'd put top three or four probably. If we're being real, the only time in Mahomes' career that he's looked bad is when he's been injured. Like yeah, when it when he's healthy. When he's he healthy, look bad then honestly, yeah. Exactly. When he's healthy, he never looks bad. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Hmm. But they lost the Colts, though. Anyway. Which is pretty uh, bad. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think that the whole point, though, is like you can still have all the optimism in the world for Fields. I just am on the page of like, can we cool it with the overreactions? Because the same people who are going to say that are the people who say they're completely out on him after week three or whatever his right. worst week was. Um I don't know. I this is gonna bleed into the Lions conversation, but like yeah, let's move I'm on so Lions. I am so tired of like telling me how good something can be. You gotta show me. Like I'm at the point where it's like I don't care what could happen or in theory or they care a lot, Dan Campbell, or like I'm just at the point where it's like results matter. And even if you've only been in this league one or two years, Justin Fields or Dan Campbell, at some point you need to show me. And it's like personnel, there's all these other issues and excuses. It's like you can spin a narrative any way you want. So like to Fields real quick, like his touchdown pass he had to Valus Jones Jr. It was basically a handoff. Nobody's taking that touchdown away from him, which they shouldn't. But then on the same time, it's like when a receiver makes a bad play, well, that's not his fault. But you still give him all the credit in the world for the touchdown. It's like you can take Mm -hmm. something and spin it any way you want. So I'm just I'm I'm at the point where I need to see the results before I start to take anybody on Twitter seriously. And this gets to the Lions like Dan Campbell. It is time to show results. Um, speaking, speaking of people on Twitter, Jeremy Layton, who's a Bears fan, he actually yeah. tweeted out. I thought something really I thought it was a good summary of what the state of the Lions are. So you tell me. If you is he a Lions agree. guy? I know I follow. No, him, he's right? a Bears guy. He's a Bears guy. Okay. But he said the Lions have drafted extremely well over the last couple of years and are in a great spot for when they find a QB. The mistake they have made, however, might be the coach. Dan Campbell is a great character, but he's pretty clueless in game. Got thoroughly punked by Belichick. 
Lions have a great O-line, but Belichick kept sending exotic pressures at them, and they had no idea how to respond. Guys didn't know their assignments, what their assignments were, and they were sloppy. And that was his analysis. I think that's a fair summary. Like, here's what I'll say. Like, I really like Dan Campbell. Like, I think it's not even just a gimmick. I think that actually is who he is. He's a goofy kind of meatball guy who really loves the city and really, really wants to be good. But he's not. He's just not. I... And I I'm tell, starting I hate to say I told you so, but <laughs> you did. And it's like, I'm not saying he has no chance to turn it around, but as of right now, he is not a good football coach. Um, he's a great guy and the players do like him, but at a certain point, if the players come out unprepared, the message feels like maybe it's starting to fall a little flat. Um, you, you just, you cannot be one and four. I know the defense is really bad. I know you're still in a rebuild. I know the roster needs to get better. The Giants aren't a great team, and they're four and one. Uh, right. You have the, you know the the Jaguars went out like the Lions and made some improvements on offense that this off season. They're a rebuilding team, but they're also a competitive team. The line, there's no excuse, no matter how bad you are, with an offense. I know they were terrible this past week, but with an offense that's been as good as it has been, to be one and four, you just can't have it. And How did they get shut out, by the way? So it was part I having Swift out. St. Brown played, but he was he only had a couple targets and he was limited. He I think he took like 15 snaps. It's mostly a decoy. Like between that and the Swift injury, I feel like part of it was that finally catching up to us. But it was also definitely Goff's worst game he's played. Um so it was kind of a combination of that. And which is interesting because Belichick faced Goff in the Super Bowl and shut him down there. Yeah. Because he had three points in that game, I think, right? Mm -hmm. So definitely a coaching gap was very evident here. And when you have Bailey Zappi, the third string quarterback for a team that doesn't have a good first string quarterback, hashtag the second second coming of Tom Brady, (laughs) come out and torch you like that. Like, somebody needs to be fired for that. That's one of those games that's so bad, somebody should lose their job for this game. I don't care yeah. who it is. Fire your uh, one of your scouts. I don't care who you fire. Put the blame on somebody and launch them out of a cannon because that was unacceptable. Um, I, How much is... If I had to put concern level for Dan Campbell, again, not that he can't turn it around, scale 1 to 10, how concerned am I? Meaning, like, 10 is he needs to be fired today. One, he's still going to be a great coach. Today's the day I crossed, or this Sunday's the day I crossed over the five mark. It's where I'm now more concerned than optimistic. Um, so I would like, if I'm thinking about the lines here, like you're one and four, right? Mm-hmm. One and four is not insurmountable to come back from and at least have like a 500 season. If you sure. can string a couple things together, like if you win this week, two and four all of a sudden seems like a lot more manageable if you lose yeah. and you're one in five <coughs> yep that's that's dicey and even if you do that's playing with fire kind of end up balancing things out and winning a couple games you weren't supposed to later down the road because we have a rough stretch of three games we play the the cowboys the packers and 
I forget who the third team is. So you guys play like the we, Cowboys, Dolphins, and Packers. The yeah, next three like, games. Let's say you do something crazy and go two and one in that stretch. Now I'm just going to look at it and say, well, now what could have been if we had beat the Seahawks and not blown right. the game against the Viking? You know, like so. Basically, where this comes down to, I think what's really what's really possible is we're looking down the barrel of one and seven, and at that point, I don't know how you survive the year if. It, if Dan mm-hmm. Campbell goes out and wins three or four games this year, he should not be the head coach of the Lions moving forward. Because I really well, do think that Brad Holmes is doing a really good job. I think he <clears> is a good GM. Like I've seen enough with back-to-back drafts now. He has a direction. He's improved the team. He's getting starters in the third and fourth and fifth rounds. Like he's string he's strung together several really good draft, a couple of really good drafts now in his two years. Or no, three years. I think he's done three drafts now. There's there's nothing but, there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with hiring a replacement coach, a temporary replacement coach. Yeah. If you are you know, maybe it's tricky if you bring in a coach that wants to change the culture completely, but if you find maybe a similar-minded coach that just is a better coach, like that could that could end up working out really well for them and you know it's it's funny because like even that tweet i read like a lot of people point to lines like oh if they had the quarterback that they wanted then they would be really good and everything it's like other than this last week they've been scoring like 35 points a game like the court like frankly jared goff doesn't seem to be like the primary issue here like oh he's definitely not he was terrible last week but he's played well enough for us to be three and two or four and one to this point and that's what i'm saying like it's it it's it's the lion situation is farm like brad holmes is gonna need probably at least two more years to really get the defense to where it needs to be yeah, um and that's just a challenge in and of itself especially if you're assuming you're using some of that draft capital at some point for a quarterback mm-hmm. um or you know other other resources for a quarterback um but yeah i yeah i i think for him i don't think he's gonna wait around i mean if campbell if, if for him campbell's not it no there's no reason i mean the only tie that they have together is that that was his first coaching hire in his career well the other thing is i think campbell was hired before him so it's like the question is, do does ownership give him the leeway to do that? Because they picked Campbell. But assuming they do, which they should because he's the GM, he's not going to hitch his career wagon I'm to a guy who can't pick, coach right. that he didn't pick. So, no, I think basically, yes, the roster needs work. But my requirement for you as a head coach is make your team better or at least don't put them in a worse position to win. You can't yep. make your team worse off and the reality is now several weeks between this year and last year he's been a big reason why we lost you talk about the vikings game when he decides to kick what would have been that guy's career long field goal he's already missed a field goal to try to go up six when you're up three and you could have either penned them or went for it you were like five for seven on fourth down and then now you turn around this week and against the patriots we went oh for six on fourth down he went for six fourth downs didn't convert any of them it's like, all right, and one of them, the game was 6-6 at the time. 
again, they're starting a third string quarterback. Six, and six we could even score any points. Or sorry, six nothing. <laughs> um, okay. So the score was six to nothing. We had the ball around midfield, fourth and nine, and he no, goes for no. it. Fourth and nine at midfield. I, yeah. I'm sorry, dude. Like I love the aggression, but that's one example where that was just the wrong call. And it, there's now been multiple weeks where you've made the wrong call to cost us a game. I I can't have it. It's not like you made one mistake. Like you you cannot do this week after week and then come out in the press conference and say like that's on me. I hate that I made that call. I made the wrong call. Then stop doing it. Like <laughs> If you do crack one time, you can say it's a mistake. But if you do crack 10 times in two years, you're a crackhead. Like it's That's the reality is you are what you do. And if you've done it every other week, you're costing us games. You're if, just not a good coach. If there's any crackheads listening, if you could do the math for us and make sure that checks out, that'd be helpful. Yeah, if you could. At what point did you become a crackhead? <laughs> yeah. 1-800, yeah. <laughs> I think the way I look at it is just like you cannot. It's not just that you're not preparing the team and being the reason we win games i can point to you as one of the main reason now that we've lost multiple games going the past back to when you were first hired and i can't have it like you know it's funny that not that he can't turn it around but he needs to turn it around so this one sports podcast i listen to it's called the full go it is primarily chicago sports but they do talk about just sports in general uh especially when it comes to nfl and nba but they were talking and they were just saying like they feel like the product of the NFL this year has been very mid um and they said that the thing that stood out to them was that the coaching has been very mid and like when they were like when you look at who are like the prominent best coaches in the NFL like yeah you have Belichick and people always throw (laughs) Sean McVay out there and you know Kyle Shanahan or whatever but a lot of these guys are kind of uninspired. Like, like he yeah. brought up on he brought up on there like Zach Taylor is one where like yeah he coached a team in a Super Bowl last year, but he makes a lot of questionable decisions. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, he does. A lot of the a lot of the new coaching hires don't. I mean, out you have Dable and uh, and Mike McDaniel's. It's like mm-hmm. both of them are interesting. Well, McDaniel's already been in controversy for the whole concussion thing. Right. Anyway, it's just an interesting thing with the NFL. But, yeah, so the Lions, the Lions, I I do think that – I don't think Dan Campbell survives the year personally. Like, I I just don't. And, I mean, if he he does, then a lot of things go very right for them. But if you still win, somehow win eight games – down the stretch you look way better i'm going to be upset because it's a lot like last year you start too slow for it to matter you win a lot of games at the end of the year not a lot but like that's when you win your games is the end of the year and i'm just disappointed why were you unprepared to start the year but then maybe i can justify let's give you one more year after another draft and see how things look but you need to do something you maybe you fire the defensive coordinator and you give him one more year fine but you need to make changes like i've seen and, enough to where i think i know what this lions team is and it's a team that has a terrible offense or a terrible defense and is going to lose a lot of games because the head coach is not able to improve what is admittedly a pretty bad roster 
and you stated it already, but like it does depend on how the season shakes out. Um, because mm-hmm. or it no, not that, but it also depends on who holds the power in this coaching decision. Because if the yeah. Fords own it, they might look at a four or five win season and be like, well, hey, that's improvement from last year. Like the yep. trajectory is pointed upward. And whereas Brad Holmes might be like, um, no, like this is not good enough. It's not acceptable, yep. which should be the right approach. And those conversations will happen behind closed doors and we'll never know. And that's where fans need closed, to just understand. Yeah. Closed car doors. If yeah. Those conversations will happen in a Ford Bronco brought to you by Ford. Um, I, we're never going to know probably does he have the ability to do it and he doesn't or has he been told he can't if Campbell's still around or maybe he turns the things around and we never even have to have that conversation. I'm just at the point where I'm frustrated and something needs to be done like to be consistent. Like I said, with the whole bears fields thing, like I'm tired of lions fans saying, well, look at the roster. Well, look at this. It's like, you can make all the excuses you want. This is a results driven business. And there's only 32 of these jobs available. There's guys who coach their entire life and will never get a chance to be an NFL head coach. And now you're going to tell me you're going to give it to a guy like this who's trying to what learn on the job. You don't get to learn on the job if you're, you know, a senator or if you're the head trauma surgeon at a hospital. Like there's certain jobs that are just important enough. You don't get to learn on the job. And when there's only 32 NFL head coaching jobs, I don't get to hire a guy and give him two years to learn how to coach. Like you're telling me we can't go find somebody right now in college who would love to coach an NFL team who actually knows how to run a game. You know, it's like, I just, I have no patience for it. I like the guy. I hope it works. I think he actually really does care about this team and care about Detroit, but you know what I care about is winning games. And if he's the reason we're not, not the only reason, because again, we're never we're going to be a Super Bowl caliber team this year, no matter who coached us. But if he's a big reason we're not winning games, ultimately that's what I care about more than whoever's calling the game. So I'm frustrated. Um, I where I don't even know where you go from here. You it, you have a bye week, and then you play the Cowboys. So it's like, all right, the Lions are a bye week this week, or maybe they play the Cowboys then a bye. I think it's Cowboys then bye. I'm just at the point where, okay, well, now you've put yourself in a situation where the Cowboys are the second toughest team you've played all year, and now you got to go beat them. No, they're on a bye this, this week. That's okay, like so the Cowboys worst after. possible game you could have leading into a bye. Yeah, and so now this is going to tell us a lot about coaching. If you come out and look a lot better against what's been a really good Cowboys team, okay, maybe you did some actual coaching during this bye week. But if you come out and look like garbage again after you had a bye week to prepare – and you're probably still going against their backup. Now you've lost back-to-back games against backup quarterbacks. Unacceptable. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah. I think by Thanksgiving, I'm pretty sure I'm going to know what should happen with Dan Campbell. Well, in that stretch, you know, Cowboys, Dolphins, Packers. So, you know, don't laugh. But after that is the Bears. Bears at Soldier Field. The reality is the Bears and Lions are probably going to split that series. Yeah, probably. And so you have one game against the bears before Thanksgiving and one after and after the bears, it's the giants who've looked really good surprisingly and the bills 
Like you could potentially only get two more wins up till Thanksgiving, or you could that be one or less, (laughs) right? Right. Yeah, that that could spell disaster for. But here's the other thing: is like if that happens, okay. Let's say you lose to the Cowboys next week, coming out of a bye, and then you lose to the Dolphins the week after. You're gonna tell me. You can stand up in front of a podium at a press conference and somehow give me a reason why it was okay that you lost to backup quarterbacks three weeks in a row. No, it's not. In no universe should you ever even lose a game to a backup quarterback, let alone three times in a row, because Tua is not going to be back for that game. If he is, I'd be shocked. But well, if you go out and lose to Bailey Zappi, Cooper Rush, and then maybe... Teddy Bridgewater, or maybe their yeah. third string quarterback, you should leave Dan Campbell in Miami. Okay. I mean, and what do you know? Way. I mean, the week before Bailey Zappi, too, was Geno Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> was, I know he started for them this year, but he's by all means a backup quarterback. It's just, I mean, it's either him or Drew Locke for Seattle. It's like, yeah, <laughs> unacceptable. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's move on uh, to some college football here. Yeah. Um, so uh, Notre Dame had a bye week, and then they played the Shamrock Series in Vegas against Brigham Young University. And mm-hmm. Notre Dame is finally coming into their own. I said that with the, against the with the UNC game. But you now I have two games of tape that to really prove it. Two games where they played tough opponents. One of which was a ranked opponent, BYU, who's been really good this year, mm-hmm. and. You thoroughly handled them the entire game. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes. Like now, Notre Dame has a brief stretch where they're playing a few. I think they have like three games in a row where they're playing unranked opponents, and then they get hit with like Clemson and SC and Syracuse, all who are ranked like pretty much like back to back to back. So you're you're in an easy stretch right now. It'll be important to see how Notre Dame handles all that. Um, <clears throat> but it's it's um it's just encouraging to see how they have been just thoroughly handling tough tougher teams is a great sign and i'm not gonna yet jump on and say marcus freeman is like has now officially arrived in the beginning of the season was growing pains and understanding like his role and how to coach the team and motivate them and everything. I'm not ready to say that just yet. Um, yeah. But I mean, if you give me, so let's see next week, they play Stanford and mm-hmm. then they play UNLV yeah. and then they play Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And then is the, Cle- and then the Clemson game is after that. If you, if you can go through that stretch and win three of those games and be competitive against Clemson, I, you know, I think I'm willing to say Marcus the, the beginning of the year was more of a fluke and yeah. that like this is really what Marcus Freeman is and this saves your recruiting as well. So um I think if you win all the games in that stretch and then split against USC and Clemson, win one of those two, you would yep. say this is a successful season. Yep. And yeah. that Marshall game obviously hurts, but you look yeah. at that as that's like, you know, your one your one blemish on your record really because your other two losses would be to Ohio State and then either SC or Clemson. And if you had said before the season teams. started, OSU, BYU, Clemson, USC, you're going to win two of those four. You'd probably take that. 
So it's like obviously the with Marshall a brand loss. new coaching staff and everything. Yep. Yeah. So the Marshall loss is the one blemish, but then you can look at it and say, hey, that was one really bad week, admittedly really bad, but in the grand scheme of things, the season was still a success. You know. Yep. Completely yeah. agree. So I, I'm, you know, I, I don't have much to say. It was a fun game, fun environment. I didn't get to watch the whole game because I had to go to bed early for the marathon the next day. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it it was fun, and Notre Dame, they looked very competent. And Michael yeah. Mayer is, he's got to be the best tight end in the nation. But Yeah, I know they talked about Brock Bowers with Georgia a lot. I haven't watched many of their games, but he hasn't really... He's had some plays that were really impressive, but I don't see him just constantly putting up stats. So, yeah, it's interesting, too, because Georgia, Bama looked pretty bad at points this year. There's just a lot of parity in college football in general, like we, we've talked there about. There is but, a ton, yeah. Yeah, it's like I don't really. And so talking about playoff picture, um, I could potentially see a world. So if. Notre Dame beats Clemson or if Florida State beats Clemson or something this week if Utah beats USC now you're talking about teams that are in that playoff picture getting a loss why this matters for Michigan if Michigan somehow loses to Penn State but then beats Ohio State or vice versa is there a chance a one loss team makes the playoff or two big 10 teams make the playoff Um, so kind of we're almost like around the midpoint midway point of the season. That's when to me, I start looking at who are the teams I need to start rooting for to lose, you know? Cause like early in the season you have like Notre Dame, Ohio state. I don't know yet which team actually helps Michigan more to lose. Cause I don't know who's going to have the better year. But once you get halfway through the year, it's like, all right, these are the teams that probably are going to be in that mix at the end. Michigan plays Penn state this week. Um, this is the second biggest game that's going to take place in the Big Ten all season because Michigan State's not good this year. They're normally in that mix, um, but they're not good, and nobody in the West is good. So really what's going to happen is whoever wins this game is really in the driver's seat over the other team and sets up their game against Ohio State to basically determine who's going to make the playoff in my mind. If Michigan loses to Penn State, now you need Penn State to lose to Ohio State and another team to not go to the Big Ten championship game. And when you look at Michigan, St- Michigan and Penn State schedules, I don't see if the whichever team wins this game, I don't see two more losses for them on the schedule. Yeah. You could say they lose to Ohio State when they play them, but I don't see where they lose a second game. So now you're saying either Ohio uh, State I mean, or that you, team wins the Big Ten championship. The only other way you could potentially see it is like if Penn State beats Michigan. Ohio State absolutely blows out Penn State and then Michigan blows out Ohio State. I could see I could but then see I it. think based on tiebreakers, all teams would have one loss. Penn State would go to the Big Ten championship. Now, does the committee still send Michigan to the playoff? Maybe, but it's probably hard to argue if Penn State's played an extra game. But how did that, us how did that go last year though? Because like well, because isn't that the same scenario? Like Michigan State beat Michigan, but Michigan, Michigan State lost State... to Purdue. That was well, their oh. second loss. So if Michigan State had beat Purdue, Michigan State would be in the Big Ten Championship game, I think. So you'd have a three-way circle of ties, basically. But I think it is either based on strength of schedule or points against common opponents. Like Then something like that comes into to play. Um, 
So real, obviously, you just don't want to be in that situation. If you're Michigan, you need to take care of business against Penn State so that the game against Ohio State will really be winner take all. Like, um, But it's a huge game. Michigan, I think, is the better team. They're the home team. I think they're favored by seven points. But Penn State's a really solid team this year. They've been impressive. I think we're going to continue to learn a lot about Michigan. And like looking back at their past two weeks, we've gradually been learning more. Like Iowa, they're not a great team, but their defense is really good. We learned a lot about J.J. McCarthy. His poise for a freshman has been really impressive. And then against Indiana, the game started off really rough. It was tied way longer than you'd like it to be in the first half. But Michigan just pulls away. Um, I think Penn State knows a lot about pulling away. Oh, (laughs) it's um, basically it's setting up the way you want it to where every week you control your own destiny. And that's where we talked a little bit about, I think before we started recording, we talked about the AP poll and the rankings and all that. People are getting upset about it. I really don't care. Every week you control your destiny. You win, you stay in the playoff conversation. If you don't, you shouldn't be anyway. And you prove the voters right. So it's like this week, Clemson plays a tough game. USC plays a tough game and Michigan plays a tough game. Take care of business. Like, Go beat Penn State. If you don't beat Penn State, then I don't care, and the voters were right. If you do, things will correct themselves. So you got everything in front of you. Like, this is what you hope for. We're going to learn a lot about Michigan this weekend. Um, So I'm excited. I am nervous. But if you're a big-time program, these are the big-time games where you prove it. So, Yep, Michigan and Penn State in the pedal bowl. Oh, I mean, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> both teams with legendary coaches who also <laughs> enabled pedophilia somehow not the catholic university that i cheer for <laughs> in the biggest twist of all <laughs> notre dame's not one of the two teams <laughs> what a plot twist oh man yeah. what a nipple twist i mean plot twist yes some um, of that too <laughs> yeah no no i'm looking forward to this game um I don't. I, I honestly don't even know. I know this weekend we're we're busy with trying to get some baby stuff sorted, and we got we're trying to do some like fall activities with the family and stuff. So I'll probably be yeah. in and out. I know I'll catch the Notre Dame game. Um, against, you have a night uh, game, right? I don't remember. I think yours is a seven o'clock game or something, something like that. Yeah, seven seven thirty against Stanford. Um, yeah, Michigan's so a noon game. So I'll definitely yeah. I'll definitely chime in for that game. Um, but I probably will miss a lot of the Michigan Penn State game. But yeah, I, I'll appreciate. I'm looking forward to getting a bunch of texts from you losing your mind throughout that game. So <laughs> either good or bad, I will be losing my mind. So yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Well. That's our football talk, and that's pretty much the chunk of the episode. Yeah. Um, the really all I have left is my my report about the marathon and my funny story. So, uh, also, if you're a fan of the ROP segment, I think we're just going to do that next episode, right? Because you have a couple I don't know. episodes. I am still. so behind on ROP, if I'm being honest. So, there's one episode, episode seven came out. I've watched that. Episode eight is going to be the season finale. I think we'll just do one big fina- season finale episode of Rings of Power, uh, either oh next episode or the following. So whenever, we will get to whenever it. Whenever Furious George catches up. <laughs> it's really good. I'll just say that. I want um, to do. If hey, you enjoy that segment, we will get to it. But 
I want to do I want I want to do a continuation of that segment, and I know it's old at this point, but with Stranger Things because I want you to go back and watch mm. the rest of season four. Yeah, and I'm like halfway through season four. So. That's not true. You said you were on episode two. Did you actually watch more? Halfway through the first part of season four, which was what? <laughs> Wasn't that only like six episodes? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so yeah. almost, right? Did kind of, part yeah. two come out yet for that or no? Oh, yeah. That, yeah, it's been out. Oh, well, then, yeah, I'm way behind now. <laughs> <laughs> I would just start season four over again because I'm on like a few episodes in. So It's such a good season anyway. But anyway, aside from that... Um, so yeah, so actually I have a couple different, so I have two funny stories and then my marathon report. So what do you want, Ooh. what do you want to do? Give me the funny story. Give me one of the funny stories you pick. Cause I don't know what the second one is. All right. Um, well, I guess this first funny story can be, maybe can launch into another conversation of some sort. Mm. So my brother and I were at my parents' house cause we both ran the Chicago marathon and we were sitting there and I don't even remember how this came up, but he just started sharing a story from like last year in his college dorm, okay. which, and he's graduated now, but he shared this story about how there was this whole discussion about how your testicles have taste buds. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have heard this before what you have <laughs> yeah i have so i don't know telling, if it's true but i've heard it he's telling this to like me and my parents he's telling and, his parents this yeah and so <laughs> anyway i <laughs> he's like mom that cobbler was real good no oh um, i so, so you're I, telling me the dog and i both tasted the peanut butter <laughs> so i looked <laughs> so i i looked it up because i'm like there's no this seems like something this seems like something I could see somebody doing as a prank. Like, hey, did you know uh, that right. like a yeah, like, thing? <laughs> yeah, did you know that your balls can taste like gasoline or something? If, like if you oh, dip Lord. it in there, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the click a lighter. <laughs> anyway, it turns right. out that if you look, I mean, if you look it up, it turns out that they say that your testicles do have taste receptors. Oh yeah, but that they are different from your tongue's taste receptors. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> it does make sense. I still don't exactly know what it means. Like, so does that mean Snack our testicles that tastes you back? Yes. <laughs> so, like, does does it taste? Do I have taste? never tasted like, anything with my testicles. I'll just I mean, say me, that. Me either. But. but I've also never went to Olive Garden and <laughs> dipped my sack in a bowl of soup. So <laughs> maybe maybe it would work. I just never have done that. Maybe so. you need to maybe you need to suck it up with your God made straw. Oh. And oh. then <laughs> see <laughs> see if you get any flavor. Is what a lovely tomato bisque. Dip dip. <laughs> Just teabag in my soup. <laughs> Just drag the boys through the soup. Am I catching a hint of... What is that? Basil? <laughs> I've a little that salty for my of... taste, sir. Can you bring this back? I, I like a new bowl of this. <laughs> I missed that episode of Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> right. <laughs> On this challenge, someone... Chef Ramsay will be tasting your dishes... 
with his testicles. <laughs> du, 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 du. You, you, you see uh, people at a restaurant that, like, men at a restaurant, they, like, you know, take their, they stab their meal, you know, their piece of steak with their fork instead of going to their mouth. They just bring it down below the table and right. stretch your pants out and just yep. dip. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that'd get real saucy at, like, a fondue place. Could you bring out a little extra butter? I want to, <laughs> I want to, yeah, I wanna butter de- my bread and my balls. Do you happen to have a peanut oil? I prefer that over the uh, canola mm. oil, if you don't yeah. mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Is this marmalade <laughs> vegan? My testicles are, <laughs> are gluten intolerant or whatever. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Can word. your testicles have different allergies than your mouth? So that's yeah, that's a good question. Do your testicles have their own belief system? Is that separate from <laughs> that's a very yours? philosophical question? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> people always say, like, you know, isn't philosophy have to do a lot with thinking with your head? So like Oh. I don't people know. do say thinking with your dick or with, with your balls. It's like, well, maybe they have a mind of their own. I definitely don't think with my balls. Yeah, that's a t- <laughs> <laughs> do people say that i've never heard that no thinking with your dick is a expression okay i think with my balls <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting huh so how do they like what does it taste is it like a sweat thing where it's like i mean that'd be gross right? does it does it mean food like, what if you have I a wanna... really sloppy pee and it dribbles down like you just yeah. like it's like is that oh. piss yeah <laughs> <laughs> just start oh so if you want fresh breath don't forget to brush your your teeth your tongue and your balls at night <laughs> all right let's see so this is from this is from yahoo as of january 22nd 2021 this article is called Do Testicles Have Taste Buds? An Investigation. I'm Men very across curious the nation, how these tests were conducted. <laughs> men across the nation have gone viral for dipping their testicles in food, mostly soy sauce. <laughs> Some social media stars claim they can taste the salty umami flavor with their balls. Umami. <laughs> <laughs> umami, indeed. <laughs> Others. <laughs> oh man. Well, children, my balls tasted umami for sure. No. Um, oh. Umami said... did taste my balls yesterday, kids. <laughs> this is how I should have eaten that relish for the challenge. <laughs> Just slathered it on my boys. Others say they get nothing out of it. Wait, what? Let's first get this out of the way. You can't taste things with your testicles. Sorry, everyone. Oh, but. Come on. Shockingly, the vital trend does have a basis in truth. Testicles do, in fact, have taste receptors. The thing is, Wait. according to the two, so you can't. What? <laughs> they just said you can't. But they have. According to the 2013 study, the taste receptors in testicles aren't the same as those in our mouths. There's a tricky little difference between taste receptors on the tongue and those in the testicle. Urologist Paul Turek told the Huffington Post, "The tongue responds to taste that we decide." And we decide whether food is edible. The testicle responds to quote unquote tastes as quote unquote chemical substances to decide whether to make more or less sperm and testosterone. Mm. Let taste me just buds. say 
Paul Turek is for sure a massive pervert. <laughs> He's conducting studies about <laughs> testicle tasting. Yeah. Come on, dude. <laughs> Just come out of the closet already. It's 2022. Taste buds, which are found in the mouth and upper esophagus, are clusters of sensory cells with hair-like projections and thousands of taste receptors. The receptors mm. send signals over nerves to the brain, and the brain translates the signals into flavors. Without the brain doing that translating, you don't actually taste sweet, bitter, sour, salty, or umami flavors. So, although the testicles do contain taste receptors, they don't lead to taste because they're not connected to the brain. Besides, I beg to differ. (laughs) Besides, as far as scientists know, the taste receptors are on the inside of the testicles. Unless you can inject them with soy sauce. Oh, no. This viral challenge wouldn't work. Editor's note, please don't inject your testicles with soy sauce. Somebody's done it. Yeah, for sure. So would that be a a brine? Is that what that is? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, What if you just like, you know how you marinate chicken, you keep it like a Ziploc bag in your your fridge for like 24 hours or whatever? Could you just like, yeah, do a little marinade around your balls and just keep it like that for a whole day? There you go. Why not? Maybe you'd taste something eventually. Yeah. You may want to cut this part, but if you, uh, Inject with soy sauce, are you gonna have Asian children or <laughs> how does that <laughs> oh. go a lot of different directions with that? Yeah. I mean, how does that work, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anywho. <laughs> um no <laughs> So they don't have you can't actually physically taste the salt or whatever, right? Is what they're saying. Uh, I don't think so. That's sad. Well, no, it says, they said, besides, as far as scientists know, the taste receptors are on the inside of testicles. Unless you inject them with soy sauce, this viral challenge wouldn't work. Let's be real. If you could actually taste something on your testicles, gold bond would be a lot more interesting. Because hmm. that's definitely going to be a super strong taste. So, like, the you feel like that, like, cold, like, almost like icy hot sensation. That's probably something like that, where it's like, oh, I can taste it. But it's just like a sensation. Yeah. Knowing that testicles <laughs> have taste receptors, the next obvious question is why? You can just think of them like any other receptor in the body that is monitoring the environment. Emma Beckett, a molecular nutritionist at the University of Newcastle in Australia, told Science Alert. Hmm. Taste receptors can be found throughout the body, such as in the digestive and respiratory tracts. They might detect infections as bacteria has sweet structural compounds and secrete bitter and sour things as waste. In the lungs and nose, there is evidence that there are involved that they are involved in regulating inflammatory responses. Those in the testicles help with sperm production, and mice that are genetically altered to not have two types of taste receptors are infertile. What? Wait! Wow, that doesn't okay. make sense. Wait, say that last part again. Mice, mice that are that don't have mice that are genetically altered to not have two types of taste receptors are infertile. Of wow. course, the nuances of the above were lost to some laymen. The first offense was a Daily Mail article from 2013 on the study that came out the same year identifying that testicles have taste receptors. The tabloid incorrectly claimed scientists say that despite being a long way from the mouth, taste receptors on the testicles and anus can also detect the savory taste of umami, <laughs> the amino acid in soy sauce. Yeah. 
not so much. In 2020, a female TikTok user found that article and challenged those with relevant appendages to test it out. Men across the app were glad to dip their balls in soy sauce in the name of science. The trend quickly went viral, and some health nuts tried other foods such as strawberries. Many, you know, soy sauce is a little high in sodium for my my Mm. balls diet. I'm I'm on a diet, so I'm going to just stick with just whey protein for my balls, please. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Many... Actually, but my way protein, we do a dairy-free blend, if that's all right. Mm, yeah. Of course. Yeah, that's a good Many idea. men claimed they could taste through their testes, possibly because of the shock of the sensation, temperature <laughs> change, and the smell in the air. Honestly, never this... thought I'd have to say, trust me, I have a PhD. You can't enjoy the taste of food with your testicles, Beckett tweeted. Dip your balls in oh, things she's really if the... that's your jam, but please not for the taste receptor activation. She's really the testicle expert, huh? I suppose so. So that was written by Tara Centora. Nice. Yeah. Well, so now I brought this bottle of soy sauce all the way downstairs for nothing. <laughs> you're telling me. <laughs> that, is, that is what I'm telling you. Yep. Huh. So, so what was? Your, let me just drop my beer bottle below the table and take a quick swig, and I'll be back right. to the <laughs> podcast. A quick break, if you will. <laughs> so he was saying in his dorm room they were just talking about this, or somebody did this. They didn't. They never did it. But they were talking about That's it. That's what they said. And I didn't realize it was a TikTok challenge, which makes sense because everything dumb in our culture is a TikTok challenge. That is true. That's the biggest boomer opinion I have is that TikTok shouldn't be a thing. Did you hear about the whole thing with like the NyQuil chicken? Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> the videos of it were funny. Have you heard I about why it's Everybody dangerous? knew. Probably because you can overdose, <laughs> right? Well, it does have to do with the dosage, but also... Because of the way the way certain chemicals react to the heat from the yeah. NyQuil. Jeez, and I mean, because it was, to me, it was part funny of it, when I saw the video because it was clearly a joke. Right, but then people did it. It's like now it, it's it, not funny anymore because the whole point was that no one would be dumb enough to do this. If you were cooking NyQuil on the stove, the NyQuil also, like anything else that's liquid, has steam that comes from it as it's being cooked because right. it. And that yeah. steam would contain what would be needed to knock you out, basically. Yeah. Yep. Seems pretty obvious you shouldn't do that. So, if the Lions or the Bears don't win more than three games, <laughs> one of us should have to make... Yeah, instead of Popeye's chicken breast, it'll be NyQuil chicken breast. <laughs> one NyQuil chicken breast for every lost Lions half. I'm starting to feel like neither of us is going to be doing our challenge. I've been thinking about that, actually, because we said over six, right? Yeah, I don't think either team gets to seven, if I'm being honest. If the Bears win this Thursday night against the Commanders, they have a good shot because you're not even halfway in the season. And you got three. And you have three. How easy is the last? We'd have to look. So assume the last bit of their schedule is really hard, actually. So the but, last bit of the Lions schedule is the easiest part, in theory. It, it, I think it'll end up being close, but I don't, I'm kind of thinking neither team will do it. I think so, too. Neither team will. But I think both teams are going to end up right around six, which would yep. be just such a buzzkill. <laughs> both teams end <laughs> one game below the threshold. So. Yep. We'll see. Um. All right. So do you want to hear about the marathon? Marathon. Yep. Well... I ran the Chicago Marathon, everybody. Thank you. That was a good story. 
<laughs> I survived. Nice. I did it. It was a really cool experience. And the thing I think that's the most shocking to me is that I wouldn't not do it again. But oh, okay. I definitely won't I was... do it anytime soon. <laughs> so I was going to ask that. Like, what's next? Are you planning to do like some 5Ks again here before long? Or yeah, would you do a half do... marathon again? Like, how much has, and maybe you'll get to this later, but I'm curious to know, like, how much is long distance running become a part of like who you are? Because you'll hear a lot of people say they have an experience like that. And it's just like, I just wanted to say I've done it and push myself and know that I can do it. Is it more that, or you've like found a passion that like, I mean, you'll take a step back. I wouldn't back, call it a passion, but, but I enjoy, okay. I enjoy like the pomp and circumstance that a lot of the re- events have. Even a yeah. silly five k, like if I did a color run or like a superhero costume one or something, like it's just yeah. kind of like a fun event to do. So like, so you I'm, enjoy the event of like there's people there. It's you get like amped up for the event. Yeah, but like more than just like the training. I know the training's tough, but like doing a 20 mile run on your own just for training is not your thing as much the training was the worst part for sure yeah yeah like so so basically so here's how it went down on marathon day so um i ran the first nine miles straight through about nice and then from nine to 13 i did a mostly running with a little bit of walking so that was your hope to get close to 13 mostly running right I was hoping to do it straight, but okay. Cause my hope was to do like 13 straight. And then from like 13 to 18, like mostly running and then okay. like walk run from there, but didn't quite happen that way from like, th- from like 13 to 18, I was primarily walking with a little bit of running for like maybe at most like a little quarter mile spurt here and there. Um, yeah. Cause I was just hurting and the so last, that's I was going to, yeah the last eight miles were rough um i was fully walking my feet hurt and the last like three miles so for listeners that don't know like i'm i'm a heavier guy and so like since i have a lot of weight in the front the last three miles my back hurt so much that it hurt to breathe so Mm -hmm. i couldn't even walk fast anymore because i when i would breathe I couldn't breathe deeply. So I had yeah. to do short breaths, which inhibits your ability to do anything really active. Mm-hmm. So that was really, really bad. And fortunately, like my sister and her boyfriend, they ended up meeting me with like a mile and a half to go. And it was like the perfect timing because I was really struggling and I was able to put my arms around them, not because like I couldn't stand, but it gave my back a break from carrying all of my weight basically Mm -hmm. yeah and it was enough that it alleviated it so i could finish the race yeah um so in the end i finished the race in like seven hours and 40 minutes um such a long time to do anything (laughs) it's a very long time that's a work shift um they they technically say like the cutoff time technically is a six and a half hour marathon, uh-huh. um, which, you know, I didn't do, but they don't truly like cut you off until 
like basically where i finished there was still like a thousand people behind me that they're not coming out and like getting you and saying like hey stop running <laughs> right they i mean they will eventually to a certain point but i still finished within the win i mean when i finished they were still they were cleaning up and stuff like yeah i i finished and like the the big finish line banner that they had like they hadn't torn it down but they had blocked that section off because they were working on tearing it down so they had people standing by handing out medals and stuff off to the side so i I didn't even get to run under the finish line banner but that's okay um but 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 in any case like so it it was really challenging it was really hard i was in so much pain and i still am two days later here um i'm think i'm thinking tomorrow i'll be like almost back to normal um and it's honestly it's just wild for me to say that i did it i yeah. I can't even I can't even fathom it really. Like when I sit back and say I ran a marathon and then I stop and think about how long a marathon is and well, you everywhere... think about like before you started training when you heard somebody else say they did a marathon, you know. Yeah. Now you've done that. <laughs> well, and I went I went like and with everywhere I went in Chicago on that run, it like blows my mind that I like traveled all that by foot. Cuz yeah. like when 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 I've gone to the city with my family before, it's like, oh, we're gonna go from here to there. Well, that's gonna that's like a fifteen or twenty minute drive or whatever. Mm. And I know there's stoplights and whatever, but it's like, right. yeah, that's still like crazy. That so because we went all the way, so we started. It started and ended in Grant Park, and we went from Grant Park <clears throat> up by Lincoln Park, and then we went from Lincoln Park basically. Good all band. the way what's that pretty good band oh yeah from lincoln park we went down and all the way west to madison where the we, we ran right by the united center nice. and then we went from the united center down to chinatown like Jeez. we basically went we basically went like very far north very far west a little bit south because you know what happens if you go too far south and then we <laughs> turned around and went good way back to get your up. speed up <laughs> yeah we went back up north to grant park where it ended so wow it was it's like a lot of ground to cover and so it just blows my mind when i think back to like what i did and I'm like how did i even like i can't even fathom that i did that like it's yeah it's weird to think that i did it and if that part of it actually feels so good to me because it feels like it didn't even happen but i did it well it's such it's one of those accomplishments that it's not just anybody does like you have to train for it and stuff to where like i've told some of my friends recently it's like oh i have a friend who's running the chicago marathon this week and they're all like never met you don't know anything about you and they're immediately impressed because like wow that's a big thing to do you know like it's one of those things it's not like you don't have to put any context around it for it to be impressive it's just like agreed very few people will ever do that <laughs> well it's funny because even though it's very few people this marathon had forty thousand plus participants in it right Which and it's like this, this or the boston marathon one of them's the biggest in america right i think it's boston and because so boston is the one you have to qualify for too okay so like i would never be able to my brother was telling me for us to run Boston with our age range, we would have to run like sub seven minute miles. 
Holy to qualify crap. for the Boston Marathon. For an entire marathon, that's your pace. Yep. yep. I didn't realize that. I thought Check anybody out. could do it. What do you think was the top time in the Chicago Marathon? 2022. Um, 23 miles. 26.2 miles. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Was it sub six minute miles? I'm guessing. Sub five. Oh, I, I, no, no, no. What did you think is total time? I'm just trying to like, think give me before a, I do the math. Uh, let me see real quick. So, if you well, do, don't, I don't, nar- don't narrow it down. I just want to hear a guess and I'll tell right. you. Let me look. Here's my guess. So, 26.2 miles. I'm going to say times 4.5 minutes. 117. So you is think somebody minutes? ran a you think somebody ran a four and a half minute mile on average throughout the whole race? <sighs> Feels super fast, but probably with that many people running, you're all about right. So uh, okay. I calculated today, the top runner was two hours and four minutes. That's insane, <laughs> and it was about four minutes and forty five seconds a mile Holy on average. Crap. That's the average. Because I know people who can do four minute miles for like a three mile pace or something like that. That's not I mean, four, that... but like four and a half. And I'm like, that's like elite speed to me. But to do that for an entire marathon is insane. I know. And that, so that was, <laughs> that was um, the male runner. The top female finisher finished only seven minutes behind him. Wow. Two hours and 11. Too. I know. Has anyone broken two hours? I'm sure they have, but I just can't like, I can't fathom doing that in two hours. Like, they started at 7.30. I can't picture starting at 7.30 being done at 9.30. Like, oh, hey, I'm back. Let's go get a bagel and Let's a get coffee. breakfast. <laughs> like, I got yeah. done. I, I got done, and it was, like, 4.30 or whatever. I, I started yeah. at, like, 8.30. I got done at 4 o'clock, and it's, like, I want yeah. dinner. I want to go home, and I want to go to bed. Like, yeah. like my it day just was shows, over. like, <laughs> the way there's levels to things where it's, like, so you've done something super impressive. Very few people do. And then once you're you do that though, then you see like, wow, there's people who take this to an even crazier level. And then there's people who would look at that and say, well, yeah, there's people who run ultra marathons. There's people who do Ironmans. You know, it's just like you don't realize like, to me and like ninety five percent of people, just a marathon at any time is just yeah. a huge like insurmountable goal. And then it just but- shows like with anything else, you like you can always go crazier. So. My in-laws yeah. pastor, he he's a big runner. He messaged me and he was just like, you will forever be a marathoner. Like once a marathoner, yeah. always a marathoner. Like you don't like even an have Olympian to, run- to an extent where it's like you have you have the achievement. That's just what you are now. Like you've done that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and as I alluded to in the uh, opening, I, I competed in a professional race, which yeah. is like, yeah. <laughs> that's that kind of weird to say. And obviously I was not a professional. Like if I was a professional, I would have had sponsors and I would have been making money doing this and running up towards the front instead of in the back. But, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's just a a true fact. You know what it's like? It's like the drew league. Um, (laughs) I have played NBA players or, you know, something like that. Like, but it's just so cool because like how many people can say they've done that, (laughs) you know, and how many people can say they've run, in a professional rate, you know, like, yeah, that's super cool. So the, I, so the day before we had to go to 
McCormick place and they had this big expo where you had to go and you had to like check in and they gave you your bib and uh, like a bag of other things. Then they had a whole bunch Mm. of different vendors around you could go to. So like, like that part sounds like super exciting to me. Like you're getting it was day before the race. It feels like all the pomp and circumstance, kind of like you said, it's like, wow, this is a big thing. And I, the energy was palpable and like you're walking through there and everyone's just so excited. They have all these different paraphernalia that you can buy. Um, not that much for a guy my size, but I did find one shirt I liked. So goose Mm. Island is one of the sponsors and at the goose Island vendor one, they were giving out like little like basically shot glass samples of beer so i had like at nine in the morning i had like a a (laughs) shot of ipa which is nice and then nice i bought a so i bought a goose island commemorative chicago marathon 2022 shirt that's cool so to me that's what's cool too is like having stuff for that specific year so yeah. it's like, yeah, I got that the year I ran the Chicago Marathon. <laughs> and it's I like, got what? a commemorative pint glass of Goose Islands, too. So that was cool. Um, nice. They had like you still other have your bib, right? The paper? Somewhere I do. You should put, like hang that up or frame it or like put I it hope on a I board. Do, actually. I'm not sure if I do. You should put it behind so glass annoying. and have, yeah. But like have that and then like pictures of you after the race and like stuff like that. Like create like a thing with that. Do you know what? I, so I pinned mine on the front because that's what my brother did, and I've seen a lot of people do that. So many people had it pinned down their back. I was like, that is so smart. Because you're Cause not folding it you don't and even, stuff as much. Yeah, you wouldn't even think about it when you're running with it. Like, yeah. Anyway, um, no. So the expo is cool. Like, so there's that. They, uh, like they had like an Asics vendor and like a Hoka vendor and a Brooks vendor. If you're like a mm. Sakani, if you know all like the running shoes. Yeah, brands some of those <laughs> or yeah. Saucony, i think is how it's pronounced they had like you know gatorade and nike vendors um hmm. they had like these sections where you could they basically had this so the abbott health care was like one of the ba- major sponsors and they had this giant abbott logo which is just a, a lowercase letter a and you could go up and sign it and so my, my brother and i oh, signed cool. it and then they had this wall where you could put I'm running for blank and they had these like bumper stickers basically and so you'd write because you were name. doing world vision right yeah so I ran with the organization world vision which provides they use the money they raised towards digging wells in Africa I um, actually did children. I forgot about this till recently but I did like a 30 hour famine they that was the one thing they did nice with world vision um, so I did, that's cool. yeah it was a world vision thing um so anyway yeah we did that with world vision um but that's not what i wrote on the wall so on the wall it's just like you get this they get this sticker and it just you know it just says i'm running for blank and then you can fill it out and you know some people would put you know me or my brother or jesus or whatever right like they put Mm -hmm. you know so both my brother and i we put uncle ted on there who was my uncle that we both like I would say idolized and were very greatly inspired by who passed in March. And so um, we both wrote that for him. And that, that was part of like the emotion. And, and I was telling, I was telling um, some of my family, this, like the race was like as emotionally taxing as it was like physically taxing. Cause like, so I wanted to ask you about that later, but yeah, for sure. Cause like, it's so one, like when you put it in, when you, one it's like who so one i i'm running for 
this money I raised for clean water in Africa. Two, I'm running for Uncle Ted who inspired me. Three, I've put six months of work into this and I'm running. Four, for me personally, like part of the reason I did it too is like to kind of have a journey with my wife while she's going through a pregnancy. Like yep. for me to kind of put my own body through a type of stress that's, you know, I'm not going to say it's equivalent to pregnancy, but you know, it's no, not, com- it's not yeah. comfortable. Um, yeah. And so like There's lots of motivations you've put into this more yes. than just, Hey, I'm going to wake up and run 20 miles today. Like, right. And, yeah. and so the when, culmination of a lot of stuff. So a hundred percent. So like when I, when I crossed the finish line, it actually wasn't even, so I, I got emotional a few times as I was going through the race. Um, like there was one one part where I was really struggling to keep going. My aunt Sandy, who is my, you know, my aunt who survived my uncle Ted's passing, mm. she texted me like, and I don't think she even realizes realized where I was in the race or anything, but I was really struggling. And she texted me, and she just said was basically like, "You have no idea how much this means to me, and how like proud of you, Uncle Ted, and I are." Wow. And that was just like that was something yeah. that I needed at that moment, and that gave me like energy and motivation to keep going. Um, another the factor was like one of the donations I got was an anonymous donor who da- donated two thousand dollars wow. to my total. Yeah, and I think I know who it was, but either way, it was it was crazy, and that was like wow, like somebody somebody gave up two thousand dollars of their money for me to run this race like i have to i have to finish it you know um and i think part of it too is like just being a larger guy you don't see many people my size running the marathon and doing it i part of it was just like who can i inspire next that'll do it like that's true which, which people on that are the spectators that saw me going through it saw me and were like wow if he's doing it I can do it because that's year. what you said. But when you decided to run it, you told me you're like, "Hey, I went to watch my brothers. I was surprised. Like, there's lots of like people that were normal people running it, and that's yep. why you decided to. So, who yep. could you have been for somebody else? Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, it was it was just yeah, it was definitely a really cool yeah. um experience. So I oh, and I was gonna say so I had a few emotional times during the race, but it wasn't until like I crossed the finish line and because i was struggling at the end when i crossed my sister and her boyfriend and my wife and my brother-in-law they had all come to meet me and they walked with me to the finish line which is cool um yeah but so anyway i crossed the finish line i didn't even i wasn't even emotional then i was just like glad it was over and mm-hmm. you know they had like a little table where you could get like bananas and apples and stuff to like you know some fuel and whatever and so then yeah. we made our way over to the tent, the World Vision tent, um, and that's where the rest of my family was. And I don't know, it must be something about moms because it was the minute I saw my mom that I started like losing it. And yeah. when I went in and hugged her, that was when it was like the waterworks for sure. And yeah. it was like because my mom, my mom is the, it was her brother that was Uncle Ted too, and she mm. knew that Matt and I were both running for him. So it was like all of that plus she knows how hard it is for me and how much hard work i put into it 
like yeah. it was just it was so much and um it was just an amazing experience so some other things just to an emotional dump too where it's like all oh, this yeah. is going on and obviously i've never run a marathon but just like knowing how things like this are where it's like it's a huge accomplishment it means a lot and you're trying to process like what all this means and you kind of you need the space to process it but you can't you're surrounded by people it's like yeah just so much going on it's like you don't know how to think, think through it at the time you know yeah one of the best things for me was actually listening to the bears game because it distracted yeah. me for a while because if you think about it like I've, i don't know if you've tried to listen to like play-by-play football on the radio but yep. you, you kind of have to concentrate to understand what's going on mm-hmm. and so it's, I you dissociate from what you're doing to actually know what's happening in the game. Yeah. So I was constant yeah. like so it was a nice like three hour chunk where I was just like fixated on the Bears game and that helped me. Um thanks, but, Bears. Yeah, thanks for doing something positive. Um but so here's just some other quick notes on like some of the pomp and circumstance and cool things that happen. So um you know, people put together a lot of fun, funny signs to cheer people on and my favorite one somebody wrote like the on their sign what they wrote was um creative inspirational sign (laughs) nice and i liked that (laughs) i like something like that and the other one i liked was just because my wife and i are fans of friends it was uh with chandler bing and it said could you be running any more miles (laughs) <laughs> and i liked that too so these are like um, friends and family at different spots or who's watching? no these no these are just random people like because every like oh. so many people have signs um some people personalize them like my family had like you know go kyle and whatever and other people you know you'd see you know go susanna or whatever like you know susanna's the fastest here or, or whatever um is this like do you another feel good- the whole time you're running do you feel like there's just tons of people watching you so that could be like taxing (laughs) so in a way it is in a in a way you're like man there's a lot of people watching what i'm doing but and i was a little worried about that going into it but my brother told me he was like you don't understand like when you do this like everybody the runners and the spectators they all know that all of you are working so hard to try to do this thing like t- like it's becomes like a big togetherness collective thing yeah where it's like a collective mission to like we are like the spectators take on, on themselves like we're gonna help get these runners to the finish line kind of idea. that's cool and yeah. so like if you or someone you know ever runs a marathon one thing i highly recommend is have them write in pretty big letters their name on the front of their shirt because mm. I had so many people cheering me on by name, like, you know. Oh, I get you. Yeah. Like, yeah, you go, Kyle. Like, come on, Kyle. Keep going. Blah, 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 blah. And that's cool. Last year, my brother did that. And I remember thinking, like, I don't know. It's kind of cheesy. I don't know if that would really motivate me. And during the first little bit when I didn't really need the motivation because I was feeling fine, I did think it was kind of annoying to be honest but once i started facing challenges and i heard people saying it it was like this is actually super motivating to know that because like when you know your family and your friends can't be with you every mile along the way yeah for there to always be somebody who's cheering you on actually is super cool 
And mm-hmm. I think it's something it's, it's something that's so cool about it is like you think about how messed up our world is. Yep. And yep. how different probably my beliefs and just my daily activities are from a lot of people that were there. And yet the some of these people I'm so different from were cheering for me to do this yep. race. And some of these other people that I'm different from were running this race with me. Like it's this it's this rare event of human togetherness that this is gonna sound weird, but the only thing that I can like compare it to is like after nine eleven. Like I, for some reason I thought of that too. Yeah. It's like where it transcends the other things going on. You know, yeah. like yeah. That's super interesting. yeah. So anyway, uh, another great sign was never trust a fart after twenty miles. <laughs> that is good good <laughs> advice yeah. were they was the sign after the 20th mile i don't <laughs> think it was but in any case like that. uh that was fun um the day of the marathon by well no i just the day before um my brother and i we ate, my mom made a bunch of spaghetti which is like the mm. cliche thing that you're supposed pasta to eat. before carbo yeah yeah so we ate spaghetti michael scott style and um, <laughs> such a good episode then uh so then the, so the, and then the we watched the notre dame game yep. and then i went to bed at like 9 p.m central time because i was like mm-hmm. i had to get up early you want to guess what time i got up four a little before four i got up at 350 whole and crap. yeah 350 i showered just because it was like it helped wake me up and energize me and i tried to i ate a breakfast of i had whole wheat two slices of whole wheat bread with almond butter banana slices and honey Mm -hmm. not my favorite breakfast in the world but it was decent i wanted something that would fill me up that would be carby that wouldn't blood sugar carbs like fuel and i was worried about too much i was like my brother ate eggs i was worried that that would be bad if i had eggs. yeah yeah and so anyway so then we we drove to chicago we check our bags and then we what go were your nerves to, like like that morning pretty rough excitement or? just excitement okay. to, to do it um yeah and then we went to my nerve the time i was most nervous was on friday when i left my family here in indiana to go to my parents house because I was like, wow, this is really happening now. Like, I actually have to leave. And did you ever this. have thoughts? Not that you would, but thoughts of like suicide. Not, I don't, <laughs> I can't do this or I don't want to do this anymore. Like, during the race at a couple points, I was like, I think I'm done. But yeah. every time I would think that I would, all these different things would flood back in my head that I was like, no, I'm not done. Like, I, I have to finish. Mm. And one of That's the so motivating cool. factors was I had told myself throughout this whole training, like if you don't finish this marathon you have to run another one mm, like to prove that yeah. you can finish and it yeah. was like so no i want to f- i don't want to do all the training again for the another well one. that and it's like it's like dude you're you know you're 19 miles in just sweat it out for seven more put up with the pain for seven yeah. more for a few more hours and just do it you know mm. um and so Anyway, after we checked our bags at this tent, we went to the bathroom. And what do you th- like when you're at the bathroom for a, r- a long run? A major priority is you have to drop try. You have to you have to not just drop a deuce. You have to try to poop like as much as you physically can, because Until if the you, point when 
it's just intestines left. Yeah. Right. Because if you if you poop just like a little bit and you're like, oh, I'll finish that off later. Well, that's gonna happen during the race. And right. then you're yeah. then you're gonna have to stop and either you're gonna be uncomfortable running because there weren't there there were bathrooms like every mile and a half or so. So what if you pass sure. the bathroom and then you're like clenching for a mile <laughs> like the next a mile prairie and a dog and I just passed the bathroom. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So I sat down and I was actually really proud of myself. I got a lot out, like more than I, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. More like, than you normally think you would be able to. Right? I, I don't, listen, like, I don't know if I've ever, like, had to force poop to come out since I was, like, a kid. Like, <laughs> as an adult, like, as an adult, it's just like, oh, I have to go poop, so I'm going to go do this. Like, and as a like, kid, I'm, it was, a good, I'm at a good stopping point versus, yeah. like trying to squeeze the last bit of toothpaste out of the tube kind of pooping <laughs> right <laughs> and so i That's you funny. know I, I was in there for a little the while things you don't think about if you haven't done it right do you want to take a guess as to the three things that were written in that bathroom stall that were graffiti mm. a phone number no a picture of a penis close suck my dick was that close <laughs> okay so <laughs> the uh, so here are the three things. Hail Satan. <laughs> Should have guessed that, actually. <laughs> Jesus <Small> saves. <laughs> Small <laughs> dick <laughs> gang. <laughs> and let's go, Brandon. Oh, I should have guessed that, too. Those are the three I, things written in my stall. Ironically, so. probably all three written by the same person. <laughs> I actually told my brother-in-law, I said... I said the most deflating part about Marathon Day was I started my day with a poop in a stall that said "Small Dick Gang," and I was like, "Aw, <laughs> how'd they know?" Yeah. <laughs> What's ironic is all you had to do is say "Let's go, Brandon," and we already knew what gang you were in. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Um, I still think this is funny. Also, Small Dick Gang. <laughs> something that was super cool was, uh. So you go then they have like all these different gates that you have to go enter because then obviously yep. they have like the fastest runners going first states like what's it called staged out or like yeah they have waves starting points yeah waves yeah so anyway that part actually sucks because you're sitting in your like my wave started quote unquote at eight o'clock but I didn't uh -huh. actually like cross the start line until like eight twenty five are you just standing around while the people start going yeah. How um, hard, so, like, I'm guessing at the beginning, it's a lot, a lot like this. Are you, like, elbow to elbow with people for a lot of this? Oh, yeah. Like, there's barely room to, like, stretch at the beginning. But, like. But, like, during the run, even? Are you, oh, like, no, right no, next no. To It separates pretty quickly. Okay. Yeah. Um, And this part was just super cool. Again, because, like, I was a part of the event. Was Jim Cornelison, the Blackhawks National Anthem singer, sang the National Anthem oh, to open the marathon. Cool. And so it's like they're doing that for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that was super cool. Um, yeah. I mean, you're we, at this thing in. that's it's like March Madness or a Super Bowl or something like all the pregame and all this stuff. But you're one of the athletes. Like that's right. what's so cool about this is like you're at this event with spectators and merch and there's vendors. It's like all that stuff but you're it's for you like that's what's appealing to me is like i signed know. all sorts of autographs and no i'm just kidding. right exactly yeah um, <laughs> got brand deals out of this so yeah. it was it was super cool it was super that's it was awesome. super rewarding like i don't regret at all the experience um and like Do you I have said, a 26.2 sticker on the back of your car yet 
no, and I'm not going to do that because I just <laughs> know that's does not count. <laughs> um, but I, I like I'm going to put I, one on the back of your car next time I see. <laughs> I'm not. I have not closed myself off to doing another one at some point. I yeah. just know it won't be for a while. And my biggest conclusion was, since I did the first thirteen, not with like really too much trouble. I kind of concluded like maybe half marathons should be more my thing. Like, yeah, because it it's not nowhere near as much time commitment to train for half. And knowing that I've run a full one, it's like, well, if I can run a full, I can run a half one, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm planning on doing some more five K's. Like I'm going to do the, I'm going to do a Turkey trot on Thanksgiving. I know there's like, a lot of like Santa runs for Christmas where you, you know, you put on a Santa outfit and run like the, I'm a big theme guy. I love doing things like that. That would be so much yeah. fun to like, you know, dress up as a Santa Claus and run like normally that you can do awful, that as like, but, like a for 40 minutes. Right. You wouldn't want to do that for a, a marathon. <laughs> Correct. Dressed up as an Avenger or something. right? Dude, I didn't see anybody this year, but last year when my brother ran the first one, his first one. There were two guys running together that were dressed as Despicable Me minions for a marathon. <laughs> a marathon. Like, yeah, that's a little crazy. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, unless you've already read, ran 10 serious marathons, you're like, let's just mix it up. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. So, so, in conclusion, I would recommend running a marathon to pretty much everyone, but it, you know, you have to go into it with commitment and you have to go into it with you know so much of it is like really it feels like only 10 percent of it is really physical like Mm. so much of it is a mental and like spiritual training and game like you have to get just get yourself into a place where you yeah i mean it's not just that you are running a lot like because at some point yeah it's about pushing through I, I don't know i think i'm just talking in circles but yeah i it's not for everybody it's not for the faint of heart like you've got to be able to stick through especially during the toughest stretches but for anybody that's you know if you've considered it i would encourage you to continue to explore it to see if that's something you'd, you'd be interested in so that's just me speaking generally so there's my yeah. marathon story well, I'm super proud of you. That's exciting. Thank you. Um, I mean, that's something I I say I will never do. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like it's that's what and that's the thing too, is like I talked about that and my my wife was like she said, I don't remember if you said this, but I bet last year when we watched your brother, you probably said I could never run a marathon. And here yeah. you are one year later yeah. running a marathon. It's one of those things, like you said, like the spiritual the emotional side the discipline side like i mean you're just a couple days off of this but it's like i feel like this is one of those events that's big enough that you learn a lot about yourself and probably learn some stuff that's going to translate to the rest of your life as far as like pushing past things and just the discipline and like the willingness to get it done like i I really am strongly convinced things like that make you just a better person a better dad a better worker because it's like you now know things about yourself you wouldn't have if you didn't do it and you've experienced things that most people won't experience so if you do something that to you 
is impossible and you're able to do it. Yep. Even if it wasn't exactly how you planned to do it, but you mm-hmm. do it, that gives you the confidence to know like, Hey, there's nothing really in this life that can be too scary that I wouldn't be able to pursue. You know, maybe I'll face challenges along the way, but like really the marathon is a marathon really is just kind of like a metaphor for any challenge you can face in life, you know? Yep. Like, but anyway, yeah, I don't want to get awesome. too philosophical because I have a one more dumb story to tell. <laughs> All right. I can't wait <laughs> for this one. And then yeah. we can You've close up after that. So, so you told me you, about this, but tell the whole thing and I'm yeah. sure I'm going to have follow up thoughts and questions and stuff, but. All right. So yeah, yeah you know, the story because simply when it happened, I couldn't, I could not wait until we recorded <laughs> to tell you. I I debated because I told myself I was like it would be way funnier in the moment to tell him live on the show, but I was just like I can't wait that long. Like it's so <laughs> freaking funny. So anyway, um I will say, you know, up front to everybody like it's like it's not offensive, but it does deal with a um I don't know if marginalized not the right word either. Canceled. It, <laughs> it deals with a person that is mentally impaired. Okay. Okay. It is not anything to do with like even making fun of them for why are you already smiling? <laughs> what the heck is wrong with you? Sorry, you good. <laughs> it's not it has nothing to do with like um it doesn't have to do with making fun of their impairment or anything. It's simply something funny that they said that's like, you can't help it. So, no, I, I get that. Yeah. Anyway, there's the disclaimer. If you are listening to this, this will be like one of those TikTok videos where you, it's like the laugh test, like try not to laugh thing. Oh, okay, cool. I'll, all right. I'll do that. I'll try not to laugh. <laughs> all right. So, on the way to my parents' house on Friday night, I was hungry and I needed to use the bathroom. So I stopped at a Wendy's Mm -hmm. and first I went in to use the bathroom and this bathroom had one stall and one urinal and the stall was used and I was using the urinal and in behind me walks in a man, probably I'm going to guess in his late fifties. Um, wearing a green button-down shirt with, like, a black tie and, like, black dress pants and dress shoes. Good look. And he was clearly, from outside when I first saw him, somebody who has some sort of impairment because he had an an aide with him. Um, Mm -hmm. And the the aide did not come in the bathroom because she was a female, um so he went in and waited for his turn behind me so i finish and i went and i started washing my hands and (laughs) sorry i keep going (laughs) and um so he it's his turn he goes over there and um (laughs) you're still this is awesome. So he, he, um, you can you hear him unzip, right? And mm. I, I'm drying my hands, and so then I, <clears throat> as I'm walking out, I like, 
<coughs> excuse me as i'm walking out i'm not like let's make it clear i'm not checking him out okay but like as oh. i'm walking out like the angle that the door was at like mm-hmm. you're walking right by the guy that's at the urinal and so i yep. could see him like arching his neck over looking down <laughs> at his midsection and he goes <laughs> very loudly <laughs> he goes well hey there little guy and he kept talking to it like it's a little pet or a baby like he's just like how are you like i was like just talking like that to to it so oh hey there little guy little dick gang remember when i said said that honesty is important like Mm, yeah yeah it's true self-awareness is an important now, instead of have. big fella, yeah, yeah. If he said, "Hello there, big fella," <laughs> well, hello hey, there, massive, guy. yeah, massive <laughs> penis soldier. Welcome to the party. <laughs> yeah, hey there, little guy. Oh man, that so, is awesome. It's a short story, but it's. Did you laugh like audibly as you walked past him? <sighs> I. Or were you just shocked? Or I did, one, or like, I did one of those like I did one of those like nose snort laughs where it's like <laughs> you're trying to like hold you try to like hold it in I but you yourself. can't entirely and you're like <laughs> like as you're walking <laughs> as I was walking out of the bathroom and I like the thing was you could hear him from right outside the bathroom like yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't like in the main restaurant you could hear him going hey little guy but it's like <laughs> from from right outside from right outside of the bathroom door you could hear him was she um, right outside like when you walked out was she she wasn't there? right outside she was like standing she was standing kind of over by like the front entrance to the wendy's you know how like a lot mm. of fast food restaurants you walk in and, and then like to the right right there's, away like, corridor to the bathroom yeah, yeah. anyway oh, there's <laughs> there's my short little story so <laughs> pun intended <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> There's my little guy, my short my little guy story. of a story. Yeah, <laughs> what a legend. Mm. Yeah. So again, nothing like no hate to this guy or anything whatsoever. Like, you know. Yeah, you're not to... saying he's a bad person or not like worthy yeah, of anything. Bless you're his just, heart. Like yeah. you're laughing but at this situation. <laughs> if you can't, if you can't laugh at certain things, like, come on, like. Right, you weren't like offended or like I can't believe he did this. Like it's you're just laughing at a funny situation. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's awesome. Thanks for listening. I know it's been a long episode, listeners, but I had a lot that went on in my life in the past couple weeks. Yeah, you've had a crazy week. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well. Yeah. Anyway, that's the show. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoyed. We'll see. Um. Yeah. I was just gonna say we'll see all you little guys next week. (laughs) (laughs) Hey there, little listeners. (laughs) Hey there, hey there, little cats and kittens. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) What was her name again? Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. That bitch, Carol Baskins. (laughs) Carol Baskins. How could I forget? (laughs) I need to rewatch that. That was a good show. They had a second season. That show flamed out really fast. It was the biggest thing in the world for like 
a week and a half and then nobody cared about it anymore. That was so in- and the thing is that the the episode that everybody likes the most is the one where it talks about Carol Baskin's probably murdering her first husband. Yeah. It's just funny Which is how hilarious big because that was. And then she immediately agreed to be on the show, probably not expecting that to be like the thing people took away from it. Trying to like save her reputation, probably. And nobody even knew about her before this, and now she's a mockery. So yeah. that didn't work. It's just funny. It's like a so funny social commentary where something like that becomes that big and then immediately goes away. Yep. It's like anything else, though. Like Squid Game was like the most popular thing in America. I never like watched a, that for like a week and a half. And then nobody did you cared. watch that? Yeah. I mean, it was fine, but it's definitely overhyped. Um, which is interesting how stuff like that works. I love the meme. I love the meme that came. The, the popular meme from uh, from Tiger King was the I may never financially recover yeah. from this. That one had a lot of application to sports. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like inflation and things like that. Yeah. Like when gas prices start going up, people started posting like or like a new cool thing comes yeah. out. Like Taco Bell releases new menu item. I right. Never find, yeah. You know, like there are just so many uses for it. Yeah. And then people make jokes about it. But there was also like it was a pretty messed up show. There was that one part where that guy killed himself. Yeah. Like accidentally or not, not even accidentally. It seemed like he did on purpose. No, it's just like was it on purpose? Heck? I'm trying to remember. He was like think... making a joke about it, and then actually shot himself. And like, it's hard to tell if he was like just high and was goofing around, or right. if he did it on purpose. It's just crazy. And then that way to the bring tiger... the show down. Jeez. Um... <laughs> on that note, <laughs> yeah. The in and then general, the tiger ripped that girl's arm off, and then she was just still on the show. That in general, crazy. the idea that there is a show about a gay meth cowboy exotic zookeeper politician is amazing oh yeah yeah, yeah. and gu- gu- gubernatorial candidate <laughs> it's so good yeah. it's that show is just something else yeah I well think maybe you know, maybe when we're done with rob we can do stranger things season four and then we can revisit tiger king and we'll be the ones to bring it back into the spotlight <laughs> That'd be great, wouldn't it? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, anyway, until then, we love you all. Thank you for listening. Um, Donate to our Patreon or Venmo. You just $1 for just $1 would make a big Mm -hmm. difference to us. And $1 is a 26th of how many miles I ran on Sunday. Um, Yeah, it makes a big difference to us. So please consider supporting. And we really appreciate it. Um, but until next time, um, I almost said my full press bears outro. I almost said be great, be kind, and bear down. But no, frustrate <laughs> the hate and take care of your little guy. Goodbye, little guys.